Welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Glenn Falconstein from Falcon Screen, and we are joined by Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Sometimes. Hey, guys. Freelance writer and critic Virat Nehru. Always. Hey, guys. <laughs> and Sydney Underground Film Festival director Stefan Bapescu. Stefan, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's exciting. It's tomorrow night. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's crazy how it comes around. Yes, it has been a year, and we're very excited because the Sydney Underground Film Festival is screening at the Factory Theatre from tomorrow night through to Sunday. That's right, yeah. Four days of intense cinema. Intense, that is. But it's not just intense, it's fun, it's informative. There's some stuff that, as I've learned, is very lighthearted, and yeah. some stuff that is the complete opposite of that. Yeah, and this time we have... Um, we got workshops, but we also got a conference for the first time, so it's uh, discursive as well. Yeah, one of my <laughs> friends actually is a visual artist, kind of PhD, and he's doing, uh, and he's part of the conference, so yeah, oh, he great. invited me that I should be there. So, yeah, I'll get my academic hat on. Yeah. We, uh, we actually have um, Steve Shaviro and Sean Cubitt giving keynotes, um, albeit video keynotes, but still keynotes nonetheless. It was good enough <laughs> for being able to get them. So. It's a really good lineup this year. Oh, cool. I've never um, been as interested in as many films, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, we, we felt that as film nerds. Yeah. It's always really hard to tell because, um, yeah. yeah. I felt it. Uh, in the past, there's often like, oh, that sounds unusual. I want to give that a shot. But there's a, lo- a lot this year that have me hooked. Oh, cool. Reading through the selection. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm excited too because I'm going to be spending the entire weekend there starting tomorrow night. And before we get into the screenings and what's on air this year, we just want to know, it's the Underground Film Festival. What makes it underground? What is it? <laughs> um, okay, so um, for us, underground, because we're operating, operating in a, um, the tradition of underground, so um, New York underground, um, um, San Francisco sort of underground, um, uh, Sydney underground, actually, um, Ubu Films. So we have a tradition here in Sydney of more experimental sort of weirdo films that push the boundaries. So we look for films that push the boundaries, just are doing something different. They're alternative, they're independent. Um, and um, even if they got a mainstream element, as long as they're trying to do something different, like like Mandy, for example, it's, um, it's mainstream, but it's really doing something different. It's so. touching on experimental cinema of the 60s and 70s, I think. Totally. It's, it's, it's a aesthetic. really nice pastiche of, yeah. of that sort of... Um, what do you call it? Telekinetic sort of 70s right, stuff, right. yeah. Yeah, we actually, I was talking of the reverse here because this is a closing night film, but we caught this very recently in Melbourne. This is the first time we'll screen to a Sydney audience. That's right, yeah. And it's one of the more ethereal films I've ever seen. And unlike anything, well, not entirely unlike anything Nicolas Cage has done, but on an extreme end of what Nicolas Cage is used to. Yeah. It's, um, it's, almost, it's kind of strange to have Nicolas Cage in it. You know, like he's... Anchoring, he brings the meme element and the oh, trash totally. element. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I really loved about it. Um, yeah. it it's uh, it's almost like um, knock knock with Keanu Reeves. Like right. there, there was a weird sort of intertextuality and self reflexivity to it. And and and, I, and strangely, I, I think Nicolas Cage has found his genre. You know, this sort of yeah. weirdo seventies pastiche stuff, <laughs> a bit grindhousey or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I and thought of Drive Angry yeah. and things like that, but well, way more avant-garde aesthetically. Totally. Ah, drive Angry. But d- <laughs> that was not part of that marathon, so it should have been. So we've started with the end of the festival, which is, will be on Sunday night at the Factory Theatre, but we want to start at the beginning. You are opening with a New Zealand 
comedy yeah. of, of sorts. Yeah, it's um, a kind of a, a weirdo co- comedy, but a comedy nonetheless, uh, Mega Time Squad. And it's um, uh, got it's starring Johnny Bra. Um, he was in um, What We Do in the Shadows. Um, so if you've liked that sort of um, humor. And uh, Tim Van Dammen, who, if I'm not mistaken, had done Deathgasm. That or? was it. Is a very severely underrated film. Oh, it's yeah. It's one of the best. Uh, I think one of the best sort of New Zealand comedies and really fast paced. So it's, so this has got that same sort of humour, that sort of pacing. Um, so and and you definitely got your you know. So there's something about New Zealand humour. It's like Australians really love it. I think um, mm. I don't I don't know what it is. I and I wonder if it's the other way around if New Zealand is like our humour or not. <laughs> but they, they keep smashing the rugby union as we learnt this weekend, so we just have to laugh at something. <laughs> I, I think New Zealanders aren't getting as much Australian humour exported to them as we're getting yeah, New Zealand right. humour exported to us. I think I think we're not confident in our in our abilities at the moment. It seems like New Zealand are on fire. Yeah. And and I think they're allowed to be they're allowed to have character in their films. That like then the New Zealand Film Commission doesn't um, sort of shave off the edges. They let them sort of be that sort of rough and... Right. Yeah, and, and this is absolutely like that sort of, um, you know, lots of swearing. It's sort of um, suburban sort of heist film um, that come time travel sort of film. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's really weird, yeah. Well, we're going to play a short clip from this movie now. Um, yeah, I'm very keen. It's only 24 hours away. Yeah, and the filmmakers are... Um, they should be on the plane right now because um, film. So uh, Tim Van Dammen and um, Johnny Bra are coming down with it, and so they'll be there for Q and A on opening night and stuff, and to present it. So incredible! Here is a bit from Mega Time Squad. Who's this? This is Johnny. It's bloody dynamic. Holy shit! I never thought anybody would be stupid enough. To steal from science. Well, you never met us then, did you? That sounds great. Oh my god, and I like that they don't shave off the edges because otherwise we would not have films like this. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, Australian film is so bloody boring most of the time. It's safe, it's safe. Yeah, it's, yeah, and that doesn't middle brow as hell. You know? Yeah, that's like one way track to commercial death. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My favorite part of stuff always is the late night all you can eat cartoon cereal. Well, uh-huh. cool. I, I, I think it's interesting because it seems like stuff has learned the hard way that its demographic will not turn up early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you pick that one up. Yeah. yeah, so for the past few years, we had the morning yeah. one and, you know, yeah, had a few people, but late night, it's, yeah, it's selling out, so it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think last year might have been the first one I thoroughly enjoyed it. I sat there with crispies as I, as was my, what, my guilty pleasure as a kid and just shoveled them down and enjoyed crazy, did, crazy cartoons. Did you do the Saturday morning cartoons? I did. I did both. I would have um, picked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was um, Inspector Gadget and there was like Scooby Doo and, um, uh, my favorite, Rocco's Modern Life, yep. which, show. which is having a bit of a resurgence lately. But I, I'm really curious to pick up on this point. You talked about shaving off the edges in Australian film versus New Zealand cinema, because I know every year, and this year is no exception, there are films about censorship, but in the Broadway, the festival is about tackling sentiments of what is censorship in Australia and around the world. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, uh, and I think... Um, I mean, we always do play an Australian film or two, and we've got like Bugs this year, um, which um, 
which is one that hasn't shaved the edges off. But um, but I think anything that goes through formalized funding streams um, and is subject to commentary from those funding bodies <laughs> like usually <laughs> shaves the edges off. So, um, yeah. Um, but in terms of... Uh, we definitely have some films that challenge... Um, uh, if that's what you're getting at, challenge um, uh, censorship. Um, definitely, we have some. We've got um, trauma this year, which is, um, uh, in my opinion, um, one of the one of the most hardcore films that have reached our shores. Like it, it will give a Serbian film a run for its money. I spoke to a critic who'd seen this. I haven't seen it yet, but he said it was the hard, most hardcore film he had seen in recent memory. Yeah, um, I. I, yeah, I see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very curious. See, this is screening on Friday, Saturday. It um, is. It's on Friday night. That's if the OFLC don't um, stop the screening. Um, but um, I've, I've got to contact them if you want us to stir things up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh, film like pick it outside. It's like no, no, no you, yeah. you, you you can't get that ruling there in time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely challenging. It's uh, yeah, definitely scenes that are just like will blow your mind. And I mean, it's for me, it's contextualized, and I can justify it. And I, I, I don't think it should be band i think it's i think it's an r r film um some people may not agree though so yeah i think there's a debate to be had there <laughs> so but what's great about sydney underground is it always screens those kinds of films you know yeah. it keeps the conversation going rather than just there being no doorway and the orthodoxy that we're presented by the government remaining unchallenged yeah totally and and i mean that's always been sort of one of our mandates is just screen anything that's legal just doesn't matter <laughs> as long as I'm not going to jail for a film, but you know, I'll, I'll sort of push it till the point that you can't push no more. Yeah. And I'm glad we get to see, cause I don't think we'd see the type of films we see at stuff any literally oh, anywhere else. This, this will, yeah, this will not be screened anywhere else in Australia. And, and it's brilliantly made. It's a, it's kind of a, um, like a slasher sort of film, but with this weird political context of the Pinochet regime. So yeah, it's, um, it's kind of like merging sort of torture porn with like a, a sort of historical context. Yeah. Um, political historical context. So. Mm, amazing. Um, so what are some of the films at the festival you're most excited about? Um, okay. Let me think for a sec. Um, you know what? Magic grew. Yeah. I, I'm really, um, really happy about it. Cause for me, um, ever since Tommy Wiseau's, um, come onto the scene i think not only has he carved out a i know ed wood like started that but no one really thought it was commercially viable to be a shit filmmaker um mm -hmm. and not to say that i think stephen grew's a shit filmmaker per se but he's got um he's got talents to to get there <laughs> to, to, um, and you just have to be right combination of of energies and he's got those right combination of energies so much so that yeah jack black was so fascinated by his stuff and um, decided to act in his film. And so we're premiering that film as well. And um, the companion film and, and the reason I'm excited and scared at the same time is because um, um, as soon as we said that we're going to screen, we can premiere, do the world premiere for the unexpected race, which is this guy's that is in the doco. The doco is about him being sort of a mediocre, bad slash bad filmmaker. So we decided to look at his film once we programmed that, 
next minute he's coming out on a plane. He's like, all right, I've booked a flight coming out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then, then because he's coming out, then the director of the documentary is coming out. Right. Um, and then I'm like, hey, if we're going to do this, it, you know, Jack Black in the doco said he's going to come to the premiere. I want to just get Jack Black out here. So um, we did put the word out through Jared. And um, yeah, so um, I like, he, I'm sure Jack Black's busy, but you just never know. Yeah. You, you never know. And here is a clip from The Insufferable Gru. Or The Magic of Gru. <laughs> Did you know that a whip crack is the tip of the whip breaking the speed of sound? And it makes a little sonic boom. Or so I've been told in science class. Whip crack. Is there like a movie that you've like always wanted to make that you haven't been able to? There you go. Unexpected race. My name is Lithorian, and my people are elves. It's a drama between. So that is the insufferable group. There's a great line at the end of that trailer, like, and I think that shows his directorial style. Um, we can jump forward ever so. Oh, here we go. Is it? The- uh. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bit of a, that's that, was, that was his relaxation videos or something. Uh, he did meditation videos. He just, he just started to casually insert into the trailer, <laughs> as you do. Hearing about relaxation videos just then put me in mind of another film I was interested in, Relaxer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Amazing great, segue. Great segue. That sounds that sounds great. Have you have you seen it? I tried. Ah, uh, it's it's amazing. <laughs> we'll, oh, get to, we'll get to that later. All right, cool. <laughs> I have not seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, for people who haven't listened, it's about people trying to beat Billy Mitchell's score in, is it Pac-Man or Donkey Kong? It's uh, Pac-Man. Pac-Man, I, right. Yeah, yeah. You might know Billy Mitchell, though, from The King of Kong. He has high scores on a whole bunch of different video games, which has been a controversial subject of late, of arguments about whether he cheated to get them. Um, but yeah, this is about some guys trying to beat his score without leaving the couch. It sounds like... Avant-garde stoner Yeah, and, and there's something... It, it's like... Because um, it's two brothers. So yeah. there's this weird relationship. Like, the big brother makes the little brother sit there because he thinks he's a loser. So it's like, no, you got to break this score. And and then, yeah, and, and the brother does all sorts of mean stuff, like pee in his milk and stuff like that. <laughs> 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 so it's, so it's, it's a really... I, I mean, for being shot... 99% in one room. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm keen. Um, yeah. I'm intrigued about another film that's screening at the same time as uh, Insufferable Groove, which is Bruce LeBruce's Miss Andrews. Ah, oh, yes. And that's, yeah. How do we talk about that one? It's interesting. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, the basic story is like um, uh, a group of um, lesbian sort of um, feminists um, decide to disrupt the patriarchy or plan to to overthrow the patriarchy by producing lesbian porn, which is awesome. <laughs> wow. And a slightly different change of tact. Um, we are talking about Spirits of the Air because we have uh, very generously, thanks to Stefan and the Sands Grand Film Festival, uh, tickets to give away to the screening later this week. So if you are interested in tickets, please do be the first to email in very quickly. The email is glenn at falconscreen.com, so G-L-E-N at F-A-L-K-E-N screen.com. And so the tickets, but first, can you tell us a little bit about the film? So it's a it's a remastering of um, and re-release of Alex Preuss's first film. So um, uh, 
and it's absolutely gorgeous because um, it's been remastered at 4K and um, and it's basically set in this post-apocalyptic sort of space and um, and in this weird little outback hut and um, and they try to get out of there and the, they can't get out of there because there's mountains and the only way would be to fly over it so there's this thing of developing a flying machine so it's, it's and and you've got this crazy sister that's a bit schizophrenic and think that thinks that the guy who's come there a guy sort of comes into their life and um uh and he's helping the brother make the machine but she thinks that he's like an evil spirit and so there's this also all sorts of um tensions in there and um, it's, it's very beautiful and um we're lucky enough to have alex proys actually present the film and do a q a and do a masterclass as well, so we're very lucky. I'm interested in a lot of the masterclasses you've got on this year. Some pretty interesting stuff lined up. Definitely. Um, uh, I mean, in terms of bigger ones, it's, yeah, Alex Proyer's, and then um, we've got the Chinese-Australian co-pro one. Mm. So um, it's really strange that we got these high-end sort of producers and directors sort of coming to our festival. So That's it, great. It's I remember awesome. last year... It was, it was a wonderful it's a wonderful environment we're going to talk about the environment more of stuff lately but yes tell us about the um, more about the classes you have this year it's running one's running throughout the length of the day um one of the workshops or yes I think um well, no the conference is running the length of oh, Friday yes. yeah and the rest are they're one and a half they're, so they're, they're sort of like the same as film sessions so you could kind of watch a film do a workshop then go back to another film yeah. so um but it is running, sorry, the whole of um, Saturday and Sunday. So, um, and um, yeah, and um, so we have everything from low budget filmmaking with Lulu Keating. She's a Canadian female. Yeah, I was really interested in this one because it's a subject close to my heart how to make films with little or no money. Well, she succeeded a whole life to, right. um, uh, to make films and live off it you know who at a low budget level like and and not compromise artistically like you just don't get that and um part of it is just because she's just so, so skilled and charming and whatever not but um part of it as well is that um canada i think allows uh, pr- creates situations where you can do that you know like yeah um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago we had the guys from kino sydney on the on the uh show and, uh, you know, Kino is something that comes from Canada. And if you see the stuff that those people create at the Montreal Kino um, events with no money or resources, it is insane how how creative they're allowed to be and the kind of stuff they pull off with no money. So clearly there's something in the air in Canada yeah. encouraging that kind of creative spirit. I think, yeah, like I, I've been to Canada several times and my last two features were shot in Canada um and actually in in this particular town where Lulu's from so um uh, I actually got to know some of the people in the town and stuff and um yeah they just there's a phenomenal amount of creative people there and especially around film like mm. in Vancouver in um the Yukon like I haven't been to the east coast but I'm sure there is right. didn't you make your film in Canada? In the Yukon, yeah, the last yeah. two features, actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't really enjoy that. Vixen Velvet Zombie Massacre. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. that, that was, that was a, it's perfect, perfect late night viewing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm very keen to talk about a film that uh, really 
really moved me that I have seen that is screening this week. And it's very distinct from, I think, everything else we've discussed and maybe everything else playing at the festival. And Bill that Murray. Is, yeah, it's beautiful. The Bill Murray stories. It's beautiful. I'm so I'm so keen to, I, I want to see, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to watch it again. I'm keen to see it with an audience. With an audience, yeah. It'd be really interesting. But he is such a, a lovable sort of guy anyhow. So, you know, starting from that mythology. Um, so I don't know if people have um, heard of this, but there's these mythologies that, you know, um, Bill Murray sort of photobombed someone or Bill Murray turned up at a at a frat party washing their dishes or um, or he's eating someone's eclair or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was the first one I heard. Um, yeah. My favorite, though, is the memory bomb, from the, like not the, the, uh, where they rock up at the party and he's playing the tambourine or something and it's like, yeah, yeah. cops are like, all right, so you've got to shut this down. And the host's like, all right, look, uh, if you want to tell Bill Murray, you go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I would encourage anyone who sees this film to stay through the credits because the, oh, yes. the, best, the best part is at the very end, in my opinion. And I'm very curious. It's so distinct from the other films that are playing and stuff. Why did you program this film? Um, we often do program a couple of really intimate ones or heartwarming ones. Or um, uh, Actually, we've got another one because one of the films dropped out, which is The Green Lights dropped out. Um, the producer went a bit weird on us oh sorry the distributor um so we we replaced it with a really intimate one about um it was all shot on his phone it was about his his oh, dad yeah that sounded that's sounded eulogy amazing. for a ghost yeah. yeah and so so we do i i mean we think intimacy in this day and age is subversive so so anything that's a little bit more sort of real and uh, emotionally sort of engaging um and um we find it subversive so yeah mm. um Something I've been thinking a lot about recently with regard to festivals and the cinephile culture is um, how much it's becoming about looking back and mm. nostalgia where maybe people don't see a big cinema, sorry, a future for the traditional idea of cinema as this big art form. Um, and I think that's led to a lot of nostalgia. Um, and I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing or that attributes to what, what's been what we love about cinema history and to remind us are a bad thing. But yeah, looking at um, the, some films skewing to that trend in this selection, like I guess to an extent the Bill Murray stories and also, um, you know, The Green Fog or Let the Corpses. The Green Fog is an homage to cinema history as Guy Madden often makes um, and also to Hitchcock's Vertigo or Let the Corpses Tan, which is like a giallo homage and also... Um, Thing, even things like Christmas Blood, I think, seem to be sort of trying to revive like past veins of yeah. cinema history. How much, when you're programming, do you like to sort of strike the balance between looking back and trying to look forward and foster new sort of experimental pathways? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. You, you obviously study our program really well. <laughs> um, um, I think um, you, you've, you've hit on a really interesting point, right? Because I think cinema and... Um, film culture in general is um it's all about sort of uh revisionist stuff like let's let's um let's remake comics you know it's got a marketing trail that's going to sell so they want to have definitive financial outcomes and you do that by picking things that have a, a marketing trail not something that's original um and what's interesting about even mandy or um uh bill murray stories or the reason um, we like it, because there is an element of that nostalgia, mm. um, but it's kind of like this pastiche. 
So even let the corpses tan, um, it's it's a pastiche rather than than a um, uh, than a, a parody or a replication. Um, so um, they take influence and do something else with it. Um, so they artistically sort of take influence from it, and um, they don't mock it. They just kind of use it in in a new style. Um, Bill Murray stories. Um, it's we like that sort of thing because it kind of taps in intertextually into mm. the internet. So we do see it as as a forward uh, or, or a balance between the two, something that's sort of both um, tapping into that nostalgia but absolutely doing something new because it's using everyone on the internet. That So it's kind of almost transmedial. It's like mm. a transmedia storytelling situation. So, um, yeah, so I definitely, I always like things that tap into the internet and wherever I can bring it into the cinema that comes from the internet, I think that's great. Um, uh, like... Um, Oh, that that guy who um, Mr. Doodleburger or something or right. yeah you know things like that whenever I get those I try and bring them in I think that's an interesting approach because one of the things you find when you watch cinema a lot is even when it's set in the present day often they're harking back to the molds of storytelling that they grew up in so you know the internet is if it's featured in the movie it's often awkwardly and usually the characters aren't using that in the way that we all are familiar with the internet, you know, it's role in our lives. Yeah, so yeah. I think, yeah, that is a way forward for um, film is to like respond to the changing environment and bring in the ways of connecting people or telling stories that the internet has introduced to us. Totally, totally. And and I think that's where you find like documentaries very, as always, I, I think documentaries at the cutting edge of, of sort of artistic form. So um, usually find it in docos and, um, and in independents that are experimenting. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. cool. I was intrigued about just the concept of subversive cinema because stuff is always pushing the boundaries. But what I'm finding in film culture especially is the mainstream is co-opting the subversive increasingly and what is subversive last year, the year before, becomes mainstream the year after. So how do you find newer spaces and new niches and you kind of read, like you said, intimate is now subversive, which would have been, you know, the rom-com genre would have been probably co-opted that 10 years ago and now that's become subversive again. Rom-coms so, were kind of subversive once upon a time. Yeah, exactly, like, a, like Clark, Clark's and stuff. But, but let's bring in, like in the 80s, it's like let's bring in lots of naked people and just <laughs> celebrate that in the mainstream. Yeah, and Australia yeah. did a good job at that too, with right. Alvin Purple and right, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm just interested in those sort of cycles and see how you sort of establish and identify how these cycles happen and what's now pushing the boundaries versus what is pushing the boundaries five years ago or something? Yeah, that, uh, gee, that's a good question, man. Um, uh, I guess so a lot of it comes from conversation, you know, just discussion with like people like yourselves and, um, you know, like I'll go away today and think about some of the things you said and, you know, it might influence me for next year. But it's also, you know, looking around you culturally, looking at what other festivals are doing, um, you know, seeing if something's creating a, a buzz or something creating annoying people and you know where it's at so you, you always keep your feelers out for everything and and sort of and then you respond you know it just kind of happens uh, yeah annoying people is key though isn't it sorry annoying people is key though Actually, isn't it people yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. No, i so like that reaction though it's it's very comforting in some ways no, to is. to know that you can still be agitated by movies. Oh, like oh, <laughs> other people are agitated, so because I want to just poke them and you know test yeah. the agitation sometimes. 
I think it's important. I think you know it, it creates discussion. You know, it's, it's if you don't, it creates a dialogue. If you, if you don't, um, yeah. If if everything's just kind of like passive and accepted, and even if everyone just accepted every film, you know, it, would, it actually pissed me <laughs> off. Like, I, no, I want people to get upset. <laughs> I want people to get. So the festival is coming up. It's starting tomorrow night, running through to Sunday. We know it's at the Factory Theatre, but how do we get there? Where do we get tickets? So you can hop online to suff.com.au and it's got ticket links straight through to the factory theatre where you get the tickets. Um, you can just rock up and buy tickets there, except Mandy, I'm pretty sure, is already sold out. If, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think last I checked it was like 300 and I think we're going to push it to 350 but yeah, it's, it'll sell out. Um, so um, uh, yeah, and um, to get to the factory theatre, it's basically just down Enmore Road, and it turns into Victoria Road, um, it, just after Vic on the Park. It's such a cool space for a festival. Yeah. It is a cool space, and that's the last thing I was breaking to touch on, because it's unique in that with some festivals you have venues all over town, but here, what I love about the festival isn't always the films, but the environment that happens between and in and outside of the screenings. Yeah, it, well, well, that's the thing. If you, if you get, kind of get sort of film exhaustion, all you got to do is just hang out and have a beer and I'm sure you're going to be talking to a filmmaker sooner or later or, or someone, you know, like people are just really friendly and yeah. Um, and, and there is that you can grab something to eat. You could, um, yeah, do a workshop or, um, or just chill. It's got that hangout space vibe where, you know, it's cause it's not spread all out over a whole bunch of different venues that you, you keep seeing the same people and you have a chat between yeah. the sessions. It's great. So we are very keen. Um, that will be screening throughout the weekend. You can also email glenn at falconscreen.com. That's F-A-G-L-E-N at F-A-L-K-E-N screen.com for tickets to uh, Spirits of the Air. And for opening night, please feel be the first to shoot in and we can send those out to you. Uh, Stefan, it's been an absolute pleasure. And stay tuned to the podcast. We'll be chatting just for a few more minutes about a few more films. Cool. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And please tune in next week. We will be chatting with the director of Queer Screen Lease, but also running through our reviews from a glorious, marvellous weekend of just so, so many movies. Come join us there. We'll all be there. It's going to be a great weekend. Good night. Good night. And so now that we're in our podcast, uh, we can talk about all those films you know we weren't allowed to talk about on air that you're just you know, too salacious. And too, too much for two S E R. Too out trauma. You're looking at you, kid. Oh, we've already we already talked about trauma though. Oh, there's so I was oh I saw like, we, we mentioned Green Fog. Oh yeah, we talked about. Oh earlier. yeah, that's that's such a weird film. Hey? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, it was really interesting because a lot of those films have come out what you've seen the past couple of years where using stock footage. Remember uh, Sammy's uh, film early in the year, which also tried to do a similar thing. But this had a really interesting... The sound design in this film was fantastic. Yeah. I think that really sells this kind of very eerie, absurdist tone. And yeah, it was sort of bring me the head of Tim Horton also did a similar thing. So yeah. I, I, think, I think there were parts of... I mean, we'll get into this in the review. I think there were parts of it where I was kind of drifting off and there were parts that just hooked me. Like yeah. it that... Um, you know the the way you make the connections to Vertigo just you, it suddenly cl- comes back to you and you're like hang on this is real and then you get drawn into what the images are doing by themselves like yeah. away from that connection which is really interesting isn't yeah, it it's such yeah. an interesting space that he's creating yeah and and I, th- I think um, for me it's really exciting because found footage um, has carved out such a such a space in 
between the art and the film world, um, mm. like the the clock, is it? Um, yeah. Oh, the clock! Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and yeah. probably one of the best sessions from last year, the Found Footage Festival, who came out. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah, and um, and Craig Baldwin, right? Uh, like one of my favorite, most favorite crazy people on the planet. <laughs> I wish I could remember her name, but bouncing off the clock, um, I saw that there was in the. Uh, reality bites short films i saw that there was a documentary on a woman who was considered a trailblazer of remix film um pretty sure <laughs> oh um not the karen perlman one or? might be it might be um, there's, there's so many films in this program it's hard to... a lot we haven't even got to the one about uh, it's the like a Japanese five show. one is that one tokyo freaking, vampire hotel freaking to talk oh yeah about. that one yeah that's yeah the one. yeah karen perlman she's actually um oh, not only she good friend of mine but um uh she's a um lecturer at macquarie university wow okay um so she she actually came up with um the on-screen draft she she's uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of that for filmmaking like she came up with this idea of like well you know painters sketch before they paint why don't filmmakers just pull out their iphones and do a draft of oh yeah a nasty yeah, yeah, draft yeah. of the film yeah that's all and her, so. even even um People like Alfonso Cuarón do that now. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's um, but it's interesting. It was and and it was clever. I'm sure people were doing it, but it was really good that she sort of articulated it and and sort of um academically wrote papers on it and stuff mm, like that. I'm sure so. that filters up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it influences people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, I know you have to run, but the fun film I really want to talk about, which I'm curious about, which I love, I love the explanatory, very detailed, wonderful titles you get at some of the program and um, Tokyo Vampire Hotel. Yes. Um, what what could that possibly be about? <laughs> okay, so um, this is. Can I just say it's um, you know I'm with you about seeing on Sono. Sometimes yeah. it's hit and miss for me. Like I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of anti porno. Yeah. It's um, like, he's, he's always kind of interesting, yeah, but sometimes it, not interesting enough for it to feel like you should have spent your time on this. Exactly. Yeah. And, and even guilty of romance, I was kind of like, yeah, interested, but, um, but this one, this one just got my attention straight away. It was like, it was like, um, Quentin Tarantino had whispered in his ear or something. And I don't know who else, like, it's kind of surreal. Look, like, Looking at the um, the images in the trailer, it, it reminds me of um, like "Why Don't You Play in Hell?" That kind of excess and over, over the top aesthetic. Totally, and even but even punchier than that as wow, well. Okay. Yeah, and because um, and the whole thing. All right, so it's about um, uh, vampires. Um, it's like a vampire fight film or whatever like because it's like <laughs> romanian vampires which is funny because i'm romanian so that's why i, I inter- instantly i was interested um and um and then it's like these sort of um uh, japanese vampires and the whole thing takes place in the vampire's vagina all right so it's just and it's just really and really gory really bloody and yeah and you're just constantly going i I'm, i want to know where this goes like where and yeah so you just were you, were you thinking where does he get his drugs and can yeah. i have some <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah totally yeah. <laughs> the uh, like i remember he did a short and uh really absurdist uh that was included in the Madly section, I think, a couple of years ago or something, and that was a really interesting, absurdist kind of 
sex dungeon uh, love take and people falling in love with each other and having orgies in sex dungeons. And that was very subversive and actually very intimate, which is surprising to think about in sex dungeons. He's, but, he's a real romantic. You, everyone <laughs> should check out Love Exposure. Right? <laughs> yes. it's, he's, he's such a contradictory kind of voice in a lot of ways. But yeah. Always interesting. Um, another film that sort of ties into, I guess, the, the retro vibe I was talking about earlier, but sounds really interesting, is, um, is Lutz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, again, yeah, that, yeah, actually, really good point. I, yeah, I, I think we should, co- like, contact you before we release our program. Because <laughs> I always get I always get a question of, like, what what's the theme for this year? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Just pick stuff. Yeah. You, like, you always pick themes. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is the theme. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like, loves, yeah. Um, uh, it's really interesting. It, I mean, it had me hooked the whole time, and... I don't want to say too much with this one because you have to experience it. Yeah. Um, but all I can say is that, like, I, I was just it had me there. It had me there, and at times I was frustrated because I was like, "Are you going to give me something?" And right. then yeah, and so it's very much that seventies sort of um, structure, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And, and managed to sort of manipulate you just in the right way. Yeah. It's interesting that style's coming back now because I think um, reading reviews of the new Suspiria. It also seems to be looking to Fassbinder and Zulowski yeah, in right. a horror context. Yeah, you know. right. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Minimalist, and screening Germanic of, style. Yeah. Screening a lot of Fassbinder in the festivals now. The MIF screened the Fassbinder retrospective, and I think it's now coming back in vogue in a really weird way. I want to touch upon a really, yeah. I guess, a normalish film based on a lot of the weird ones, An Evening with uh, Beverly Loughlin, <laughs> yeah. which seemed to be like, uh, if people want to check out a normal film and not get weirded out... Not that you shouldn't be, but again, you know. This is definitely a place to be weirded out, and you will thoroughly enjoy being weirded out. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. But like, you know, I was going to say, like, might, you're lying to the want. audience, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, some people might want something normal with Aubrey Plaza in it and just be like, that's their level of extreme. You know, some people see Aubrey yeah, Plaza and that's extreme for them. That's right. If you're normal, this is <laughs> this will be extreme for you. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 do, I always bring friends each year and I always and they always say, well, what should I see? Like, this is my level of what I can do. It's like, okay, here's a here's yeah. one we can see together and other, other mates, it's going to be, no, we're seeing, you know, the dramas yeah. of the world. This is definitely a date film. You could yeah. take a date to an evening with Bev- Beverly Loughlin. Um, but, um, yeah, you, you've seen it? Uh, no, no, I'm oh. just sort of trying to throw a bone to some of the normal people out there. No, but, that, but that's <laughs> really. <laughs> but it's. I can say. I can say. It's. It's a. Um, one thing that I. It, it's. It's a love story. It's a love story. Um. Uh. So you're right. You're completely on the money. It's a love story, but it's the weirdest love story ever, and everyone in it is. It's. It's. They're just not attractive, but they're treated like attractive, like. Okay. Like so, so it's really interesting. Like shallow that, hole in a, in a way, shallow hell. Sh- sh- you know? sh- oh, uh, more like more like. It sounds like a better film than shallow hell. It's, it's more like no, yeah. It's more like um. I mean, the humor is definitely that because it's got Jermaine Clement in it. Uh-huh, uh, yeah, yeah. So so yeah. it's got that New Zealand sort of dry humor, but it's kind of like um. Oh, what's what's the sorry, my, uh, the guy from um. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Last year we. Oh, Hania. But I, I, you know what? I'm going to turn to the program, <laughs> and I will get the guy's name. Okay. <laughs> um, We're all very professional here. Yeah, Seven was telling us before I came in. You know, before we started recording, that he's had a pretty 
long day and long weekend. So yeah, we appreciate being <laughs> here for it's so yeah, yeah it's, it's a crazy Craig, time of year. Craig, Craig Robinson. Craig okay. Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hot tub time machine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a hot tub time so, machine. Yeah, but in this film, he's treated like a like a sex god. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 that's that's the beauty about this. It's kind of like inverts a lot of conventions, but it's played really straight, and it's played by a lot. It's got a lot of comedians but in it. I think that's interesting because. Um, I think that's kind of subversive and also empowering in a way because I think that's the way that we regular people see each other when we're turned on. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And that's why, like, it actually is a love story and he really did, the way he sort of framed it, he did that in all earnestness, but it is funny. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah you really know cool. which movie to take your date to if you have a date for this weekend. If you don't, so, you still have time. Yeah, we'll, you can we'll, make we'll one at one. Sydney Underground Film Festival. <laughs> we'll be a date. Don't we'll push all. your luck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be there, so we'll be. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and there's another film um, I was keen to ask about, uh, the appropriate name Downrange. Oh, uh, yeah. About I, I like my slasher horrors. Yeah. I like my gore fests. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, teens getting lost in... The woods or a yeah. highway is again. This is again that sort of throwback. So yeah, right. I didn't realize how many we have. Even revenge, like yeah. actually, yeah. Um, Ryuhei Kitamura is um, the director. He's a pretty wild guy. He's had a kind of up and down career, but like I, I recommend people check out Versus, um, a Japanese movie he made, which is just a crazy action movie. Um, but yeah, downrange. Downrange sounds interesting. Yeah, it would. It's really interesting because it's yeah, it's about these kids that got caught sort of in the desert or whatever in um uh, cars broken down or whatever and, and then all of a sudden there's this sniper and starts taking them out so they're caught in this sort of uh standoff so yeah and the whole film revolves around that it's really interesting yeah. mm. high tension sort of yeah right high tension or high tension, oh, yeah, high yeah. tension. Yeah. <laughs> you remember that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. um yeah, I think it may, maybe it's just in the general culture at the moment because even when you look to, um, you know, more mainstream cinema releases coming out, we've got, as I said, mentioned before, the Suspiria, and we've also got a new Halloween. Yeah, you know, all it, the cycles uh, going round again to the seventies. I think. I wonder. I wonder if that's because Netflix is the new driving. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, yeah. There's, I never thought of it that way, but that's so true. Right. Yeah. Suddenly the appeal of things that were big in the 70s. It's coming back, exploitation yeah. and stuff like, yeah. And um, that, that combined with, you know, um, us living in an era where something that's been shown to sell in the past is more of a, is going to get a chance again. Yeah, yeah. It's, a show, it's considered a show about it. That's right. Same, same, but different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm keen for that one. I'm keen for so many this weekend, Stefan. It's been an absolute pleasure. We can't wait to share some films, share Young Henry's, share uh, or everything, everything Marigville. It's actually um, Brooklyn this year. Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, so share oh, Brooklyn. Share <laughs> Brooklyn. We'll, we'll say Young Henry's can shove off back to Sydney Film Fest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, great work, Glenn. We, we, we don't mind Young Henry's, but yeah, but Brooklyn's. But Brooklyn's yeah, our favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> friendship ended with Young Henry's. I, I'm, I'm not now lying. Brooklyn is my best friend. I'm not lying when I say I actually do have Brooklyn in the fridge. So I'm I'm really <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. So thank yep. you. And yes, those tickets. If you do want to uh, reach out for Spirits of the Air and Opening Night, glennfalconscreen.com. Uh, the email is also on the Film Fight Club page on the Two SCR site. Be the first and come join us. And we can't wait to share some films. Awesome. Thank you for having me. See you there. Crimson, primordial sky, the wretched warlock reached into the dark embrace. 
So that is from Mandy. It will be screening on the final night at the City Underground Film Festival. It was nice. It's always nice having Stefan on. He's such. He, he's like no hyperbole. Just such a top bloke. We were saying before while he was out of the studio that it's always an absolute pleasure to have him on the show. Virat commented that like it. It never feels like an effort to put this show together when Stefan's on because he's such a chill guy. I hope you're not listening, Stefan. We're not going to praise you again. <laughs> I have to praise you like I should. The, all, all, all the reviews are next week, so we'll be like, we like this, we didn't like this, but yeah, yeah. we are, but, but but we are like, keen. Matt, but yeah, the reviews for like, Stefan are in. Yeah, the reviews <laughs> are in, and like, you know, this is, a, like, this is the kind of guy that I feel like people, sh- and you know, what he stands for, not not just the guy, but what he's done, yeah, and, <laughs> that you, I think, you know, needs to be supported. It's Stefan and his festival are so unpretentious, yeah, but are it, also like standing up for real art. I agree. I, I think that's the thing. There's no actually frills about it. And I think there's no grandstanding, which I think is very important. It's like, you know, this is what it takes and this is who I am. And, you know, just be that. There's no actual, you know, stakes moment. There's no bite-sized headline-grabbing, quote, popcorn moments. It's just, yeah, cool, chill, man. Let's do this. And mm. we have to realize that he and Catherine Berger, who's the festival uh, the festival director and the volunteers, work all year on putting this together. It's such a labor of love. And um, I, th- I was talking to another re- uh, reviewer the other night who interviewed Stefan previously in relation to this upcoming festival. And I think enough time has passed into the film festival that I can make a criticism that we like the hub. But there's, sometimes there's a rope line with, a, with like five people exactly. and a couple of directors it's behind it. It's too corporatized. When we were in Melbourne, we were just blown away by how their equivalent of the hub which is the festival lounge at the forum theater has uh it's completely open anyone you know they don't close it off for sponsors and they do have parties in there where the crew of new australian film premiering goes in but they're allowed to hobnob with the regular plebeians <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> you know mingle with the, the peasants. peasants yeah um it's sad that Sydney Film Festival either feels it has to or, or has to because of economic realities I'm not privy to um, yeah. cut things off and corporatize. But I think anything that doesn't make people feel welcome at a festival is a problem. And there's no rope line at the Sydney Underground Film Festival. There's no rope. The rope is... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's just been bags. No rope. Because, well, the Sydney Underground <laughs> yes, Film Festival, it's an entirely different model because it, it's, it barely has corporate sponsors, you know, whereas Sydney Underground Film Festival has to... Because, sorry, Sydney Film Festival has to because it's a huge undertaking. But nonetheless, uh, there's still that's not just to say that the way that this kind of thing is implemented is, is yeah. ideal because it, it really isn't. But I think you raised a good point, and I think it's interesting to sort of acknowledge that where... The people who go to festivals are already probably, you know, cinephiles like us. We the hardcore people. Hmm. And I think if people like us or those people don't have access to, you know, filmmakers or like people we look up to, then who does have access? And I've never I'm not exaggerating, I've never been in an environment with a festival on the scale in Australia where I have it has been so inclusive and that I've never felt that I have no reason not to go up to a random stranger, whether it be a filmmaker or otherwise, to talk. And I have made friends who I have seen at other festivals. We started discussing the genesis of the show at the Underground Film Festival yeah. some time back. Yeah, it is right. a wonderful, you know, I mean, we talk about it like at a film festival, it is, but it's, a, it's like a metal gig. If you've ever been to a metal yeah, gig, yeah. you'll it's know. It's that sense of community. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like that, the laid there's something very metal about Sydney Underground Film Festival as well. You do tend to catch people in metal shirts, yeah, and like yeah. that kind of crowd come out. It's Marrickville, it's punk, it's DIY, it's um, a little bit grungy. Can we acknowledge that like, all of us just pictured Glenn right now at a metal gig? And I do not know what that would look like. Glenn's a metalhead, mate. Uh, yeah, know, he used to be a big metal guy, right? Uh, I'm a punk fan, but I do like my metal. Yeah, cool. It's so weird to me that <laughs> Glenn likes yeah, exactly, Celine like- Dion and Shania Twain and Taylor Swift and punk and metal. <laughs> Six Pistols is still my favorite band. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. like, I was, I was like, wait, hang on. When last week I, I we were talking about Joseph Kahn, and you mentioned, <laughs> um, I, I mentioned how I, I mentioned to Steve Froome to SER this guy directed bodied and he was like oh yeah he, he made that really good faith no more video and glenn's like oh i love faith no more and then my mind was struggling to be like how can someone love taylor swift and faith no more well joseph khan did a lot of the taylor swift video clips he did, he did as well that's right clip. so i guess what joseph khan also loves faith no more and taylor taylor swift so i have a lot to learn yeah what what we're just trying to say is that glenn has multiple lives like a cat <laughs> And we just don't know all of these lives. Dear he, listeners, he, Glenn he, has lived, like, <laughs> you, you mentioned a country, and he's like, oh, yeah, I lived there for a year. And it's like, how, <laughs> yeah, how, how, did, how did that like, happen? How has this guy, this guy's barely been on Earth long enough to yeah, have lived yeah. in all these countries, and yet... God just lived in multiple countries, had multiple careers, yeah. and actually lived different lives, like a super spy or something. He's an international man of mystery. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's very kind. You, you'll see me at the Sydney Underground Film Festival with sunglasses and just, like, shifting, walking around, <laughs> always up against the wall. Oh, I mean... Can we just mention also your mystery and intrigue is heightened by the way you take photographs and selfies. It's kind of hard. Oh, yeah. He always <laughs> like, he always takes photos where you can only see the top part of his head. Yeah, just like, the top and like his, and his And, and his eyes. And his eyes, can't see the, which are covered with sunglasses location. every time. So you can never... Even, even when they're not covered with sunglasses, it's, it's still just like, who is this dashing forehead eyebrow man? <laughs> The truth is, there is no lower half to my face, which is why I'm on radio and not TV. It's very disconcerting for people, so I just like to take photos of just the nose. Right, up. right. It's- I saw a terrible French film about this that we covered when it was one of the uh, Alliance Francaise film festival movies, but it showed a recent run in Dendy Newtown. So any, if anyone saw See You Up There, just picture Glenn as the, oh the guy who wears the masks. That was a terrible movie the face. Did you see it? I know, yeah. It's we, so yeah. bad. So we bad. There, oh, we yeah. For, we had, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Champagne was good, though. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. I, yeah, was I, 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 bad. I missed that one. I'm, afra- I'm not afraid. I shouldn't say I'm afraid. I, yeah, don't be, don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be afraid. Yeah. But Suspiria is coming back. Do be afraid. Yes. Suspiria, which screened last year at the Underground Film Festival. And it's screening, uh, mo- was it Monster Fest? It's screening also at the Italian Film Festival, which is yes. now on. Um, I should give a little bit of a plug to that. That's just open now. And there's a bunch of films I want to see in there. Happy as Lazaro. Um, La- uh, the Loro, the Loro, which Paolo is Sorrentino? yeah, Paolo Sorrentino's movie about Silvio Berlusconi, and we've they've also got Dogman, which I caught in Melbourne, and I thought it was pretty pretty good, decent. Um, and yeah, the closing night film is the uh, 4K restoration of the original Suspiria. So if you haven't seen that and you want to catch it before Luca Guadagnino's radical reinterpretation comes out on uh, the 8th of November, then. Yeah, come in, give it a spin. It's, I think that we've only touched on a little bit, but it's it's an embarrassment of riches. The yeah. the lineup this year it's just absolutely massive. At Pal Cinemas everywhere. Yeah, I've I've got the 4K restoration uh, physically in my hands yesterday, and it felt surreal. But if you want to see it at a cinema, yeah, and not yeah. in not, not in not, not with Verrat's like, living room, we can go yeah. to Verrat's living room, <laughs> but is, you can't. So the problem is, <laughs> sorry, let's hear listen. Yeah, every, every, everyone knows that I can't watch horror, so. 
I think just holding Suspiria yeah. was like. Fortunately, actual... Suspiria is not very scary at all. I, I, everyone's told me ever since I shared that yeah. thing. So yeah. maybe, maybe fingers crossed. If, if people support me and you sort of see me in there, maybe yeah, you'll get through I'll, it. I'll be, I'll get through it. Well, I'm not sure I'm actually going to watch it with you because I haven't seen it, and I've been told I should watch the remake first. No, it, no, no. no. I, well, look, what I've heard about the remake, um, I've heard it's really like it's very different and also touching on. Like ba- bouncing ideas off the original into something big, like it's got to be really different. The original is so threadbare; it's like ninety minutes, and it's got it's all, almost all aesthetics. The plot and characterization are laughable, and really not the reason you're watching the film. Whereas the new one is apparently really dense and two and a half hours long, so it's got to be completely, completely different in big ways. And apparently, the original is just B movie aesthetic. It's a B, it's so totally it, a B movie yeah, with like a it's with more a like, dream yeah, aesthetic, more kish kind It'd of. Be thing. great to you know what would be great. If uh, in a, a few, when we all catch it, we can continue this conversation and have a discussion on Suspiria after the Italian Film Festival premiere. It's, so, if listeners, yeah. you want to catch it around then, this can be like our book club. Hello, Alex. Hello, Nicholas. Uh, so, yeah, first <laughs> yes. week of October, discussing Suspiria on the show. And speaking of festivals, the Pacifica Film Fest um, also uh, is at the running the exact same time as the Sydney Underground Film Festival, which uh, focuses on films and stories. Uh, around the Pacific Islands, and I caught one film to have its world premiere at Pacifica last week. Uh, Australian director Joanna Lester has made a film about the first national Papua New Guinean women's rugby league team to complete compete in the World Rugby League World Cup. Um, as I learned, PNG is the only country in the world with a when the rugby league is a national sport, there's some of the crew, including the team captain Kathy, were out here. Um, incidentally, the uh, first Sydney screening was timed with the first week of the NRL Holden Women's Inaugural Premiership. So I quite enjoyed that. It was a very interesting documentary, and that will be screening at Pacifica in the coming days. So it's in their, in their third year, so please do check it out. Going from Australia to the world. Right now, Toronto International Film Festival is happening in Toronto, of course. And Malcolm Turnbull's there. Did you see this? <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, have, he's hanging out now. Yeah, I mean, he's done his part. So, hello, Malcolm. Uh, and the new movie by director Anurag Kashyap is screening at Toronto. The guy who did Gangs of Wasipur. And he's moved away from dark, gritty dramas and made a happy rom-com with 14 songs. Right, wow. Which I am That's very surprised. So it is a very big change of pace. I'm excited to see what he does in the happy Bollywood space because he's never done that. So, And it's going to be weird because yeah. I keep thinking about him, somebody trying to shoot someone and nobody's going to do that in this movie. Anyway, yeah. back to Australia. I'm moving on from uh, Toronto, I'm actually a bit of a serious subject we want to touch on. Earlier in the year, we interviewed director Trevor Burney, who was out here for the Irish Film Festival, he produced a film, No Stone Unturned. He co-produced it with Alex Gibney. It is about the 1994 Lothlan Island massacre in Northern Ireland, where four members, or four Catholic members of a small community, were killed um, while watching um, watching sport, watching a game. The murders that have been solved, charges have not been laid. Um, Alex's and uh, Gibney's film and Trevor's film focused on the investigation. A, the investigation into the murders, uh, B, why there had been no charges laid, but C, um, alleged collusion between the police and those allegedly or purportedly responsible. Uh, the reason we bring this up is that a few days ago, Trevor Burney and his filmmaking partner, Bruce McCaffrey, were arrested 
by the police um, in relation to documents that were uncovered during the film and publicized in the course of the film and uh, Trevor's own investigation. Um, as I understand, having spoken with um, what are the, the Irish Film Festival crew here, they were let go, charges have not been laid, but it is uh, still an ongoing issue. Certainly the case, while and a major criticism of the documentary was that um, the police were more focused on their investigation and those alike as opposed to actually solving the murders. So it's a shameful and awful period in the history of Ireland. And um, just to shout out, the reason we bring this up is just to shout out to Trevor. He's a top bloke and uh, it's a terrible thing to go through to spend 24 to 48 hours in a prison cell. He's a really nice guy, personally. Not th- That makes no difference, obviously, to whether the, whether or not it's right you know, for him to be persecuted for seeking the truth. But nonetheless, it's you know you, it's sad to think a guy, a good man with good intentions, is being put through this. So shout out of solidarity to yeah. our friends, are uh, very 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 far away, but certainly in our thoughts. Um, they're back back on Twitter, so active and uh, fighting the good fight. Yeah, keep it up, guys. Keep it up. So that's all for this week. Uh, we will be back, as mentioned, with the director of Queer Screen, Lisa, coming week talking about um, stuff reviews and all. Um, but before we go, um, just as a small plug for something. Um, so um, myself and a few others and uh, collaboratively have been working on a new platform, which um, we're very excited to talk about. It's called Festivez and... Essentially, it's a platform for Australian film festivals. It lists every festival and event or fest event in the country. You can go on it, register, find new stuff, um, wish list what you want. But the cool thing is that writers can upload their own content related to festivals, but festivals can also edit and add their own events. And it's, I think, a way to connect with fans. Glenn's given it to us for a bit of a road test before launching it, and I can confirm that it's better than Facebook for keeping up to date with film festivals and events. And so if that's the kind of thing you like to do and, you know, everyone knows the best thing to use Facebook for these days is to just keep track of events, then maybe you should give Festivez a a shot. I recommend it. I I really think I really commend Glenn because I don't think there was anything like this in the space before about collectively bringing all the festivals together on one platform where you can, uh, for a cinephile, I think that's the biggest thing on your calendar. You just want to look out when the next festival is coming up. And there was no easy way to keep track of so many festivals happening Almost all the same time, and you never knew when something was on. And now, you don't have to rely on film Twitter anymore. You can rely on Festivus. How beautiful is that? Yeah. So, yeah, so please do look it up. Uh, the site is Festivus, F-E-S-T-E-V-E-Z.com. It's the handles Festivus Film for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we hope to see you at a festival, whether it be SUF or Pacifica or Queer Screen or Antenna, which we'll be discussing in the coming week's documentary film festival. Or the Italian we, Film Festival. Or the Italian Film Festival. Any any of these. Just keep keep going to interesting films, please. I think yeah. the cinema support, community support, thanks you. Yeah, support your local cinema and go to places, go to these weird... And support interesting movies. films yeah. at your local cinema. Yeah. 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 It's, it's going to be a ball. It's going to be a good time to enjoy movies. Good night.